Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host and I was going to say teacher, but I don't really see myself as teacher in this particular capacity. I'm just so used to saying that all the time because, you know, every course. Uh, but anyway, welcome to Nerd Unscripted. And uh, what we're going to talk about today's topic, if you saw on Facebook or in the email notify, is uh, express yourself. And as I mentioned before we went live, exp- uh, what I mean by that is that every one of us in some form or another have ways that <clears throat> things that we identify with, ways that we express ourselves. You know, some of the most common um, forms of expression may be uh, different, the different arts, you know, painting, drawing, crafts, whatever. It could be music related. It could be hobby related or different kinds of interest. It may be, you know, your love of a good political debate or playing chess, you know, or anything like that. It really can be just about anything. And what I find so fascinating about it is that because each of us are unique individuals, it's literally different person to person. I mean, you can find like-minded, like-hearted folks, and it's often magical whenever you do that, Um, you know, because birds of a feather, and and it's kind of fun to share our interest and those kinds of things uh, with others. You know, like perhaps you have a love of astronomy, and so to go to a star party or something like that Uh, is just an awesome experience. Or if you love Star Wars and to go to a Star Wars celebration, which just happened over the weekend, we did not go this time. We've been to a few of the others. But to be surrounded by, you know, 25,000 Star Wars nerds, um, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I remember the first time uh, we went to one is when we first got together. And uh, we were... We had been together for maybe four or five months, I guess. And they had Star Wars Celebration out in Anaheim. And so we flew out and attended that. And it was overwhelming. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I cried. (laughs) First day on the floor. I mean, there's toys everywhere. There's people in cosplay outfits. We weren't dressed up. We were just, you know, wearing our normal Star Wars t-shirts and stuff. But we got about three or four hours into walking the floor, and I just stopped. And I couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, I was just in overwhelm mode that a group of movies, you know, just this creation of movies and this mythos that George Lucas started could garner so many people who love the same kinds of things and for different reasons in some cases, of course, or different characters, which again is about expressing yourself. But to see everyone come together uh, for a common goal like that uh, to express themselves and their love for that movie, uh, first of all, it's unparalleled in the uh, movie TV space, but Second of all, you know, as a fellow Star Wars nerd fan, um, I just couldn't handle it. It was so overwhelming. And I literally stopped walking at one point and Kristen's like, what's wrong? 
And I looked over at her and I'm like, it's all so wonderful. You know, I had tears streaming down my face and she's like, do you need to go back to the hotel room and rest for a little bit? (laughs) And I, I said, I think I do. You know, it was hilarious. And, and the thing about it was like, I couldn't help react that way. It just happened and probably embarrassing. I don't care. You know, I'm at the age now where I just don't care about stuff like that. But to me, Expressing yourself ultimately comes down to accepting who you are and embracing that. Uh, There's always going to be people who don't like how we express ourselves. And I'm not talking about being a jerk or whatever. You know, there's, you know, those kinds of folks, the ones that you don't want to be around. uh, I don't want to be around them either. Um, And you wish that they express themselves differently. But, um, Sometimes, you know, people like that bother us because we see a speck of ourselves in them and we don't want to admit it. That's kind of scary. But um, for the most part, I like for me and maybe I'm different. I don't know. But I love to see what other people are interested in um, or the types of things that uh, whenever they um, share it just kind of showcases a a peek inside of who they are as a person. Because, you know, I'm a big fan of being authentic, which I'm not a big fan of that word, but it's, it's a good word to describe what we're talking about. And being true to yourself, you know, letting the real you uh, shine through. And of course, this has been an ongoing journey of mine is first of all, to even discover who the real me is. And second of all, to, uh, have the courage to let it all hang out, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so it's, it's curious to me. It's one of those things in humanity where it's a, uh, expressing yourself is as diverse as the number of people who have ever lived or who continue to live today. It's, Uh, If you look at it from the position of like a tapestry, it's what gives the tapestry of humanity its color, its vibrance, its diversity, you know, all of that stuff. And so culture plays into it. Um, Of course, the inputs that you received as a child growing up um, factors into it. Your accomplishments and failures factor into it. Um, even the food you like factors into it, you know, every part of it, it's all part of how you express yourself. You know, like we were talking to my mom last Thursday, I guess it was because she comes to our house for breakfast every Tuesday and Thursday. She was here this morning and I've been having breakfast with mom twice a week since my dad passed, which was 10 years ago. So Unless I was traveling, which has happened on a few occasions um, over the course of a Tuesday or Thursday, I've had breakfast with mom twice a week (laughs) for 10 years. And I love it. You know, if nothing else, it's that time that I have to spend with her. But uh, because, you know, she's 76, I guess, this year. Is that right? Yeah, 76. Um, And, 
you know, while she's in great health and she gets around and has uh, her own business and works part-time for my sister as well, you know, the reality is she's not going to be here forever. I mean, that's just fact. That's, you know, <laughs> none of us are. Um, and, of course, you don't want to think about that, but it's an eventual reality. And so I made up my mind when Dad died that, I was not going to have any regrets when it came to spending time with my mom. Just, you know. And I don't. It's been cool. Um, William said, maybe for a future nerd unscripted, the fear of failure versus the reality of failure. I like that. That's, that's really cool. I'm going to write that down right now so I don't forget. We may even talk about that next week. Fear of failure versus reality of failure. Yeah, what's cool about that is that they're very distinctly different. Fear of failure is what most of us focus on. The reality of failure almost never happens. And when it does, it's usually a positive. But anyway... Thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it, William. So, uh, back to my mom. Uh, one of the things we were talking about last Thursday, I, I am the primary cook in the family here. Um, and uh, I love it. I enjoy it. And I learned a lot of what I learned cooking-wise from my mom and watching my grandmother and stuff like that. But... Um, and so I've cooked off and on most of my adult life, but more recently over the last couple of years, I've done more of that, you know, and I discovered that I enjoy it. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And especially I enjoy experimenting with herb blends and seasoning blends and coming up with new ones and testing things and, you know, so far so good, knock on wood or whatever. Um, I haven't come up with any blends that really suck because <laughs> you can kind of tell, I mean, if you've cooked a lot, you can kind of tell just based on the smell of what you're creating and the smell of the blend, you're going to know that, uh, it's going to work or not. And so we've gotten some new blends that we've purchased that I'm anxious to, uh, experiment with further and uh, one of them is a shawarma blend, which I've already used once. I, I didn't come up with it. I got it so that I could see what the ingredients are because I like Mediterranean food. Um, and uh, it's awesome. I mean, I did this chicken a week or two ago with it. And it was, if anything, I was a little too conservative with the seasoning um, as opposed to just kind of packing it on and baking the chicken, you know. Uh, so we'll save the... Uh, We'll save that for another time to try it again. But I was talking to mom about that kind of stuff. And, and Kristen and I were just rattling off some of the different kinds of foods that we enjoy. You know, speaking of expressing yourself. And neither of my parents were really very adventurous when it came to food. I don't know why, for sure. Maybe it's just how they grew up, you know, both mostly on a farm and that kind of thing. And, you know, so classic all-American food. Uh, whenever I was growing up, it was always meat and potatoes, you know. There was mashed potatoes with pretty much every meal, except for like when we had spaghetti or something like that. 
and there was always gravy um, with every meal and there was some veggie and because both my mom and dad worked full-time jobs mom became an expert at speed cooking which uh, is was different then than it is now because now you know you can just microwave everything and then you know finish it up on the stove it saves a lot of time but Back then, you know, microwaves were just starting to be a thing. And so mom would cook everything on high, which is why I never discovered um, like medium or medium rare, any kind of meat whatsoever. Like some of her steaks were like weapons. I mean, they're kind of tough and everything. But anyway, um, so that's how I grew up food wise. And so I developed this thing where I didn't really want to try other kinds of food. Um, but as soon as I, I think the first, other than like Mexican food, like tacos and those kinds of things, I never had like Indian food or Thai food or, you know, any of that kind of stuff and had no desire to try it. And then one time I, I was speaking at an event actually, and everybody wanted to go out for Indian food and I'd never had it. And, you know, so I was like, I don't know. Um, but they just encouraged me to try it, and I did and loved it. And then we went to a Cuban restaurant, same kind of thing. You know, yucca, you know, what in the world? Plantains, what in the world, you know? And um, tried it, loved it. And then I discovered, hey, there's a lot of foods out here that I really like. And so now, you know, pretty much anything, you know, I enjoy I'm not big into hot and spicy, but that's more just because I, I've had stomach issues when I was younger. Ulcers from, you know, worrying as a nerd kid in gym class, <laughs> literally. Um, but, so I'm not a real big fan of that. I don't like buffalo sauce and seasoning and those kinds of things. I, you know, I like real buffalo, but not buffalo seasoning. <laughs> but, you know, if you're talking about like Mediterranean or Egyptian or Korean or Vietnamese, you know, Thai, I don't care. I love it all. It's really, really good. And so that has become a part of my expression. You know, I mean, I'll default to that. Not that I, you know, wouldn't go for a good mashed potatoes and gravy and meat or, you know, meatloaf or whatever, but it's not my first choice anymore. And so now that's part of my expression. My mom still has never tried any of those other foods ever. You know, like she's had tacos, <laughs> but that's about it. And I don't, you know, most of the Mexican food that we have here in the States is like Americanized Mexican. So it's not really Mexican. Same with the Chinese food. <clears throat> you know, if you go to a Chinese restaurant, technically it's Chinese, quote unquote, but it's more Americanized Chinese. It's completely different if you go to a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown versus a Chinese restaurant in Chambersburg. <laughs> you know, it's a lot different. Um, and I have stories about that, but I don't want to just talk about food, of course. So um, when we express ourselves, uh, sometimes there is this element of the real us wanting to shine out and we hold it back. You know, we maybe were ashamed or embarrassed or whatever. You know, like, I don't know that I'd want any of you to really hear me sing. 
Um, but whenever I was young, I mean, I was in the chorus. I did solos and duets in church all the time. You know, I, I mean, I did all that. But to, uh, you know, the idea of singing now, just no, you know. But yet, you know, we sound like rock stars in the shower or when we're driving our car or whatever. And uh, so it's just kind of funny when we, quote unquote, let our hair down, even though I have very little now. Um, I still try to let my hair down and just be ourselves, you know, like not giving a crap what people think, what people do. You know, it's like, you know what, if you don't like it, tough, <laughs> you know, sorry, but I'm going to be me. But yet we allow ourselves to be intimidated. And there, and it seems like when it comes to expressing ourselves you know, there's certainly a fear that factors into that, kind of like what William suggested for a future topic. Fear does play a role, you know, um, and some of it is because maybe we lack the confidence or, or you know, we don't see ourselves um, in a positive light or we minimize ourselves or our impact. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if this life that we're living is the only shot we get or if this is our first time on this planet or our last time on this planet or our 50th time on the planet. Like, I don't know at the end of the day. We, we, we all know, but we don't know because we're, you know, we're conveniently memory wiped one way or the other. Um, so we, you know, whether we've been here just this one time and then we die and go to heaven or hell, which I highly doubt um or if we get to come back another 30 times or we've already been here 80 times or we come back as a cat or on another planet i mean i think all the above could be true um i you know there's more evidence i think to support those notions than just you know one and done but if you look at it from the perspective of one and done, that this is our shot and that we are unique human beings. We are. I mean, just our DNA alone proves it. Why the hell not express who we are? You know, why not? Because um, of what people will think, you know, they have their own unique expression as well. And they're hiding it just like you are. So what would happen if we just expressed ourselves? And I'm not talking about being rude and, you know, going around and yelling F you at everybody. Like there's some forms of expression, especially that's happening these days where people need to learn how to shut their damn mouth. I'm not talking about that, you know, Trump derangement syndrome and crazy shit like that, that. People, like, it's almost like they're possessed with something. Um, it, it's completely illogical. Like, I'm not talking about that as expression. I'm talking about uh, what makes you, you. You know, like, if I talk to family or friends who really know you and said, tell me about Anne or tell me about Jess or tell me about Mary, like, what would they say? You know, and how accurate would it be compared to how you see yourself? It can be very telling, huh? Very scary, perhaps, in some cases. 
or very rewarding. You know, I mean, like some people would probably look at my love of toys and collecting toys and selling toys and all that kind of stuff as immature. You know, I'm 57 years old now, and I probably have more toys between my house, my play space, the stores, our storage units, than, you know, a hundred kids in our area. <laughs> uh, and I make no apology about that. I mean, this morning when mom was here, we took her downstairs to show her the stifes that I've been buying, you know, because we're I'm buying and selling stifes. And we have like 10 in our antique booth now, but a bunch more. And some of them are extremely valuable, four or $500 or more. Uh, and others not as much, but they're still cute. Like I got a, um, a Bugs Bunny stife over the weekend, which was very exciting. And I didn't have to spend as much word as I thought I might. But, um, but again, they're teddy bears. I'm a man, you know, who has a lot of teddy bears. I don't care what people think about that. Don't really care. I think they're cute. I think, um, and the reason why I think they're awesome is because stuffed animals, plush, teddy bears, whatever, is like the first toy that makes a connection with a child. One of the first. You know, because they're safe, you know. And so very often, whenever a new baby is born, what do we do? We go buy them a stuffed animal. You know, we'll buy them a bear or a bunny or whatever. When I was a kid, like, I had this rabbit that was mine. I Like, that was my thing. I didn't have a teddy bear. I had a rabbit. And I still have it. My mom still has her teddy bear when she was a little girl. She also has my dad's teddy bear from when he was a child. Kristen has hers. Her mom has her actually Krista may have her mom's I'm not sure but anyway um it's like why is that why do we hold on to those kinds of things why does it mean so much well it's the meaning that's assigned to it you know it's one of the first things that we become familiar with and so to me it's that connection that children have with the teddy bears like I love the connection so to me, it's it's an association kind of thing. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I love them. You know, it's one of the reasons why I think they're cool. I mean, I don't sit around in the evening while I'm watching television and play with them. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't do that. And these are collector bears. I mean, they're, you know, probably ten or $20,000 worth of bears sitting down there. So, you know, it's not like... You know, just going to Walmart and buying some bear for five bucks. It's not like that. But it's part of who I am. Photography is part of who I am. Creating illustrations is part of who I am. Um, publishing. Um, you know, my love of discovering the unknown, which takes on a lot of different forms, from public domain content to metal detecting to doing research on historical topics. I just learned this morning, I was doing a little bit of research online, and I just learned that uh, years ago, and I haven't quite pinned down when exactly, but there was, this, there was a, a toy and novelty store on North Main uh, that was there. I never knew that it existed. Um, there was a one like just a couple doors down called Uptown Sales, which 
You know, I always went to as a kid. I loved it. And um, still have stuff that was bought there, like slot cars and trains and stuff. But this was a toy, toy and novelty shop. And probably there in the 60s and 70s, I'm guessing, based on the picture and the appearance of stuff there. But um, didn't know it existed. But what's super cool is that it's um, the, the store address was 47 North Main. Well, it was in the same building that Nerd, um, our uh, Nerdvana Outpost store is in now. Our address for that is 47D because we're like, they built multiple stores out of the one that used to be there. And so part of our space for our, our second toy store used to be a toy store. Never knew that ever. I mean, you know, so it's just a, one of those cool discoveries based on discovering the unknown part of who I am as a person. And, you know, I'll always be that. So anything that's related to discovery, whether it's storytelling or, you know, taking the metal detector out or driving down a dirt trail in Kristen's Jeep, you know, the two of us and discovering a new road that we never knew was there. Like any and all of that is just incredibly fascinating to me. It's part of who I am. Dinosaurs, part of who I am. I love them, you know. Um, so how I express myself is sometimes through art that I create and I'm working on a number of invention kind of things right now, uh, that are a lot of fun. Um, I'm getting ready to, uh, apply for a provisional patent on one of them and then, uh, work on some licensing deals and those kinds of things. But that came out of my own part of who I am, you know. Um, I, I love arts and crafts of all kinds. I love auctions. That's, you know, just, there's so many things. So, like, for me, I can't pin down one thing. You know, I was a drummer when I was a kid. My family, my mom's family, is Cherokee, among other things. And so each of those uh, composite together into who I am as a person. And there's no one else like me. Some may breathe a sigh of relief at that notion. <laughs> Uh, for me, I wouldn't mind a couple clones just so I could get more done. But um, what I'm really curious about, there's a handful of you here, maybe 26 or so today. It varies week to week. <clears throat> what I would like to hear is... Uh, it would be kind of challenging. I was going to say it, uh, how you would sum yourself up in one word, but that would be really hard because I don't think I could do that. Um, but what I would like to hear is some of the things that you see about yourself that are how you express yourselves. It might be uh, painting. It might be music or a specific kind of music or a specific kind of art, or it could be an interest or a hobby or or anything, you know, and uh, recognize, you know, that, of course, that changes over time. You know, things that interested me when I was a kid don't necessarily interest me as much now. Um, I still enjoy the idea of it. You know, like what, one of the things that I loved to do as a teenager was model rockets. 
I mean, that was my thing. I loved them and launched them all the time, experimented with them, blew shit up with them. I mean, you name it. I loved them. And I still have model rockets, brand new ones. Um, I even had, well, I don't currently. I was going to say, I have some in my office, but I know right now I took them out. But um, I still have lots of them. But I don't go out every day or every weekend and launch model rockets. I mean, I just don't do that. Um, but it doesn't minimize the fact that I, it's still part of who I am and I love it. So I like to hear from some of you, all of you, actually, I think would be awesome. Um, what are some of the things, um, methods that you use to express yourself? Like that's unique, uh, a unique part of who you are as a person. So feel free to post now and I'm going to read down through them. If you don't want me to share something publicly, just tell me. Um, in the meantime, while you're doing that, some of you have already submitted some stuff. Um, Kathleen says, another topic I like is self-expression versus communication. Many people don't understand the difference. For publishers, writers, artists, and performance, uh, performers, the difference is critical. I like that. See, you guys come up with some great ideas. So three of you have shared something. I want to hear from the rest of you while I write this down from Kathleen. So. Communication. All right. Yeah, William says, unfortunately, people today scream before they are actually hurt. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Tim says, for me, I've used T-shirts. Still love that platform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the first time we met Tim at one of the NAMS events or something. Um, and, like, Everybody always saw you as the t-shirt guy, you know, because you did special events and or special t-shirts for different events and everything. And I mean, that's something that still stands out to me today. Whenever I see your name, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I mean, I'd say it's good because it's something that you've always used, like you said. Uh, William says, I express myself through being a high curious, lifelong learner. This plays out in multiple ways in my life. Yeah, I, I can totally believe that about you just with the types of input that you've shared over the times that we've been together here for Nerd Unscripted. I mean, I appreciate that about you. I would consider myself uh, somewhat that as well because uh, I love to learn. I love to discover. Um, and it certainly... It certainly has an impact on how we view things and how we approach things. But yeah, I can totally see that. And Jess says, um, through painting, photography, uh, cooking videos, conversation, and yes, love model rockets as a kid. What would we do without Estes? I know. I <laughs> There's many times where I thought, you know what? I'm going to put a couple of these bad boys together and just shoot them up just for grins and giggles because... I mean, I had high-tech stuff back when I was a kid because I, 
my first mentor, as I mentioned before, was this uh, gentleman named um, Arthur Hoke. And he was an electronics genius. And so um, whenever I was a younger teen um, and in, interested in model rockets, that's when I first met him through my dad. And because um, he was a loner, he was you know recluse. And so we would invite him to Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. And he kind of looked like... Um, if you've seen photos of like uh, Samuel Morse, you know, did the Morse code uh, kind of thing. He kind of looked like that, you know, with the long white beard and everything. But uh, anyway, dad went to him one time to uh, get a, he wanted to give a special gift to me for Christmas or something. And so he had Mr. Hoke uh, build me this launch system. Um, so it was in a little metal box and it had toggles to turn different things on and it had voltmeters to check the power, you know, to make sure that the connections to the rockets was good and everything. And then later we, um, upgraded it so that I could, um, launch multiple rockets simultaneously or, or in series. And so there was like an adjustable switch that I could turn and hit the launch button and then turn, hit the launch button and so on and so forth. It was pretty high tech stuff for me as a kid. And then later because of that experience, um, you know, I just started spending more and more time with him because I recognized that there was a lot of his unique qualities that a lot of people saw as negatives. Um, he wasn't very popular in the community, but, um, it, I think it's because I didn't understand him and I did like, I got it, you know, the, the science, the way his science brain worked and everything. And so that's why he ultimately became my first mentor. Cause I get down there as much as I could and just sit and listen and learn. I mean, that's, you know, so I'd like to say, and it's an honor for me to say that part of who I am today is because of him, even though most people would look at who he was as a person with hatred, you know, or disdain. I don't see it that way. You know, I see his contributions into my life as a very much a positive. So anyway, um, Suzanne says, uh, doing illustrations and working with animals. Very, very cool. I like that. A lot of you are artists and perhaps that's why we're here to, uh, connected together. Um, Anne says painting, watercolors, acrylics, oils, and pastels, photography, woodworking, writing, cooking and baking, computer work, games, metal detecting, and so much. I understand. You kind of sound like a female version of me in a lot of respects. <laughs> a lot of those same interests. Um, and Suzanne says, I love doing research. Absolutely. Uh, Lori says, I love uh, predicting human behavior through uh, my intuition. I love reading about anything and writing needs work, love problem solving intuitively. That's really fun. So in other words, you probably like people watching, which is something I really enjoy doing. You can learn a lot. Um, and it's entertaining and usually it's free, <laughs> you know, <laughs> more times than not, it just, you come away from it, just kind of shaking your head wondering what on earth is going on. 
Um, Tony says, curious learner, interested in just about everything that's peaceful. Excellent. I love it. Uh, Lori says, uh, building things. These days, projects aren't as big, but still doing floors, green porches, getting ready to do um, garden with lots of mosaic stones. That sounds fun. Um, one of the things that Kristen and I have been uh, talking about, like, I'm not a big fan of mowing grass. Like, I think there's better uses of my time. And, I mean, I have, like, a... 46 inch cut riding mower so it's not that and we don't even have a lot of grass left because we keep building shit all the time but um one of the things that we were talking about over the weekend and i really like this idea a lot i think we're going to move forward with it is to turn our entire front yard into a wildflower garden and just let it hang out let it do its thing but within that like create um like the stone riverbeds that kind of ebb and flow. I mean, we don't have flowing water here, but I think it'd be cool to, to, you know, like to dig down a little bit and make it look like a riverbed and just have like the smooth river stones and eclectic stones. Cause we have a hell of a rock collection, you know, just put some different things out there. Um, and then have like um, a little path through, you know, the wildflowers and everything. And uh, like a, stepping stone kind of path uh, in addition to the riverbed and then everything else just flowers just let them do their thing in all their glory um so of course it would mean you know cutting in the riverbed and all that kind of stuff which really isn't a big deal i mean something like that can be done in a day um but the only thing that's giving us pause right now is that there's some construction that we want to do on the front of our house to push out half of the house um, forward about six feet or so. And that means bringing in big equipment and that kind of stuff, the dig foundations and everything. And so we're trying to figure out the timing of it, but that's something that we really want to do because a, I think it'll look beautiful and B, I won't have to move the front yard anymore. How awesome is that? <laughs> so anywho, uh, Mary says, uh, I like to express myself by creating personalized greeting cards for friends and family. I uh, love to make lists and using expressive phrases in every list I make, no matter how short or long, I have quite a few want to do uh, to express myself. That's awesome. Uh, Kathleen says, watercolor collaborative art projects such as art desks and mail art. You know, I didn't even know that that was a thing, um, collaborative art projects like art desks, um, until I guess it was last year, one of our local retail customers um, does that exact same thing and asked if she could uh, put her art desk in, I think we ended up putting it in Nerdvana. I forget now. Uh, and then people could contribute to the art and everything, which I thought is a fabulous idea. Like it just never even occurred to me to do something like that, but it was super cool. Um, she also says she likes bright colors and bold color combinations in clothes and jewelry, uh, remodeling jointed figures like dolls. That's super cool. Um, 
costuming them as fictional characters, collecting and displaying crystals and minerals, interior design, writing and publishing, pets. See, a lot. It, it's really fun for me to read these because there's so many things that we all have in common, but yet there's a uniqueness about each of us, you know, uh, in how those things are expressed. Like, you know, several of you have mentioned painting or watercolors or whatever, like uh, Kathleen and Anne specifically. Um, but yet I'd venture to guess that in looking at each of your works of art, they're going to be vastly different, but yet still expressed through the same mediums, which is awesome. Uh, Mary says, I'm passionate about color, fiber, frequency, and energy, discovery of mystery. Yeah, I would say that's a very accurate assessment based on what I know of you, Mary. Uh, I'm always looking at how the energy of things affects us. Also love genealogy and solving mysteries behind history. Uh, I'm discovering that my Choctaw ancestors may have had Cherokee husbands and learn lots about that culture and how they thought. Yeah, that's really key when it comes to understanding native roots is how they think. It's a lot different. And I'd be really curious to hear what you discover about that because what I'm learning more and more is that Cherokees were definitely a blend of a lot of things, whereas uh, Choctaw is actually a more pure... Um, uh, a pure people group uh, for, you know, that particular uh, ancestry line of natives, as opposed to Cherokee, which some of the research that I've done <laughs> and based on DNA and all of that um, kind of speaks to the notion that, you know, Cherokee are kind of like mutts in a lot of respects, as opposed to a specific people group. They are a people group and they've come together, of course. Not to minimize that, but whenever you start checking out the DNA, it tells a different story. And that's pretty fascinating. Um, Gary says, I'm good at the reading, listening, looking uh, interesting and inspired by your nerd shows, but bad at getting stuff done. It's hard to get started. Ideas? I met you at NAMS in Atlanta. You and Kristen stayed bunched up together. <laughs> so you must have been at the one right after uh, when we first got together. Um, but getting started, um, actually, I'll tell you what, uh, the class that Kristen is teaching today, I don't know if you're participating in that, Gary, but um, it would be a good one perhaps for you to check out because that's exactly what she's talking about. Like you have an idea now what, you know, how to get started with it and whatever. Um, everybody responds to ideas differently. And, uh, you know, chances are you're still, you're drawn to certain things um, that interest you. Ultimately what I found is to just pick one and give all your focused attention to it and see what happens. Not with the attention of, I have to do this to make money or else, but just do it because you find it interesting, you know, um, because there's something about completion that is amazingly rewarding. 
you know, so like what we do idea wise can never just be about the money. That's not a good reason why. Um, at least I found, I mean, that'll get you and push you through some tough times perhaps, but at the end of the day, part of expressing ourselves is, um, the, the thinking of the right words, the confidence that it gives us the, um, like the knowing of who we are as a person that that brings with it. Uh, and sometimes we just have to do it because it's who we are, you know? Um, and there's already a lot of things, if you think about it in your life, Gary, that, um, that you are, you know, there, there are things that come to you that you do complete them. Like you get up every morning, you go to bed every night, <laughs> you know, maybe there's favorite shows that you like to watch and you watch them to the end you know, most likely. And those seem like trivial kinds of things, but yet those mundane things that we have in our life prove that we have it within us to start and finish something, you know. So it isn't that. Very often it's, um, you know, fear of making the wrong choice or of, you know, what if we fail or, you know, those kinds of things. When, you know, I like to think that, you know, just push all of that aside and just do it, you know, and if the thoughts creep back to you, they get filed under, so what, you know, so what if you fail, at least you've taken a, taken a step, you know, it's how you it's how we learn. I mean, holy cow, as kids, when we were first learning to walk, man, if we gave up first time we fell on our butt, <laughs> we'd all still be, you know, running around in adult size walkers. But yet there was just something within us that said, try it again, try it again, try it again. And I can't explain it. And kids certainly can't explain it. Like what really drives a, a child to keep trying over and over again until they finally figure it out, you know, for walking. And, uh, but yet they do. And they don't even know half the stuff, not even a, a tiny speck of the stuff that we do as adults. Maybe it's that stuff that actually gets in our way and prevents us from doing it. So maybe, you know, the real secret for us is to, you know, to go back to uh, an approach toward life of being childlike, not childish or anything like that, but childlike, like the wonder of it all, you know, of, uh, and that's how I try to live my life, you know, it's just from a position of wonder which is why that word is probably in a lot of our business ideas, toy box gifts and wonder, you know, it's like the magical something, the magical uniqueness of life. Uh, William says uh, a basic need we all have is to be understood. Yeah, very, very true. Um, Kathleen says, oh yeah, African drumming, harmonic toning, trance work, and tarot. Very nice. Very cool. Um, Anne says, uh, wow, were you ever lucky as a kid with the rockets? I love science, all the different fields, especially astronomy, chemistry, and math. Also research. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why I got on that path of, I mean, I was a total nerd in school. Like, um, all the science and math classes were just, I just loved. 
And I'm not sure why, because neither my mom or dad were really like that. Um, as far as interest, my grandfather was. So maybe, a, but in a more mechanical kind of way. He was an inventor and he ran a trucking company and stuff like that. So, and everybody else was pretty much like farmers, you know. So I'm not quite sure how the math thing happened to me or, you know, this interest in science. But math was easy for me. I mean, when I took um, algebra in, class, in school, uh, both one and two, like I aced it all without studying. I just understood it like it was a language that I was born with. And so I never studied, barely paid attention in class, but never got less than 100% ever. Like it just made sense to me. And science was pretty much the same way. Um, and history too. History was the same. Like it was just almost like old soul-like in, in some respects, I guess. But um, I just loved it. Uh, of course, I was. I tended to be drawn more toward explosive type stuff, as I've shared in the past. <laughs> so there were a lot of things blowing up in my life as a child, but um, which is why ultimately mom and dad decided that me having a chemistry set wasn't probably a good idea because every time they bought me one, I blew it up. Um, but it, there were still other areas of science like space. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I would have been when... Um, when Apollo landed on the moon, see, I would have been six, which is the perfect impressionable age or seven. I'd have been seven, you know, for something like that. And so the fact that it's the 50th anniversary this year, of course, I'm all in. I mean, you know, I have a Saturn V rocket that's five and a half feet high here in my office. I've got original patches from the Apollo moon landing and everything that I happened to find in an auction for next to nothing and buttons from then and like anything space and rockets I'm all about. And so maybe part of that was from, you know, sitting in elementary classrooms, watching television when they showed, you know, the moon landings and stuff, uh, even though it was delayed, not like today, but like even over the weekend, I was just, I, I spent probably an hour or two just watching like the um, uh, the new Falcon heavy lift rocket um, that SpaceX uh, put out, you know, watching that launch, um, watching some of the other uh, new launches that just happened. Some of the um, uh, what's his name um, that has Virgin Atlantic, his space uh, venture that he's doing. Uh, and it's just fascinating to me. It still is today. But. I mean, I really like what um, what SpaceX is doing because of their reusable dynamic. I mean, here you have three booster rockets shooting the satellites and stuff up the pit, up in the space, and they're landing all three of them back on Earth, like right exactly where they're supposed to be, um, as opposed to just chucking them into the Pacific Ocean like we did back in the day. Um, so I think that's super cool, you know. But anyway, I digress. And says, I was thinking of covering my yard with lots of different ground covers and plants like ferns and wildflowers. Yeah, I mean, it saves a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of mowing, if nothing else. And weeding. Like, I'm not a big fan of weeding. Um, I've had some pretty amazing flower gardens over the years. But it was the weeding that was always 
my least favorite part. Um, Kathleen says, art decks, uh, cards like playing cards or tarot. I find uh, tarot decks fascinating. Um, those are one of those things that I could really go crazy buying. I mean, I have maybe four or five decks, I would say, but, and some of them I have more of a connection to than others. <laughs> like, oddly enough, I have some that are really beautiful, and it's probably some of the more plain ones that I actually feel the most energetic connection to, but, um, and like the one deck I've had for 10 or 12 years now, I guess, but I, I look at them every time I'm around them and it's like, Oh, look at that. That's just gorgeous. You know, I could have 50 or a hundred of them. Um, and when it comes to collecting stuff, I tend to be obsessive. So I have to be really careful <laughs> or else, you know, like Stife's. I have 50 setting in the basement right now uh, in our family room waiting to be photographed. But um, anyway. And uh, she said art, uh, her art deck projects are a theme like favorite artist or favorite literary character or metamorphosis. That's cool. I like that. <clears throat> Lori says, I think it's curiosity that keeps us trying until we succeed. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mary says, I love doing doodles as an art form with no idea of what it will be. You mean like uh, Zentangle and stuff? Like I would, I guess that might be what you're talking about. Uh, Mark says, it would almost be easier for me to list the things that do not inspire me to be creative. I can see that for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everything you listed and most of all the points from the comments I identify with uh, and uh, some a real affinity for focus is indeed the key, but I find, but I even find aspects of failing to be fascinating. Irony is uh, most often amazing. Yeah. I mean, as we've discussed before, you and I are have a weird kinship that I don't understand. I mean, we're definitely brothers from another mother, which is curious to me. I have a few of those, um, a few uh, different ones like that, uh, that are customers become friends that I can't explain. And unfortunately, all of you live everywhere else, you know, not in Pennsylvania. Y'all need to come to Pennsylvania. Holy cow. Chris and I were just talking about that over the weekend. She's like, why is it that the people that we have the best connections with live everywhere else other than here? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Leslie says, this would be a great year for you to come to Huntsville Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville. Yeah, that is on my short bucket list. Um, I've, want, I've, you know, in all the traveling that I did, before Kristen and I got together, which was more than not. Um, I drove by there a couple times and it's like, man, I gotta have, I gotta make time to go there. And I just have never been. And it's like, there's a lot of places that I would love to still visit. And our dynamics are a little bit different now with, uh, you know, having the stores and cats and all that kind of stuff. But that's on my very, very short list. And to go there this year, 
you're right, would be awesome. I might have to try to figure out how to make that happen. Because I think that would be just terrific. Uh, Ann says, I was about six when my mom took me to watch Sputnik at one of her friends. It was a fantastic time for space exploration. And now with so much new ideas and ventures happening. Yeah, it's fascinating for sure. Uh, Kathleen says, uh, music Atuvans, Mongolians, Tibetans, Eastern Europeans like the Bulgarian women's choral singing, West Africans, uh, Tuaregs, Native Americans, so drumming and throat singing especially. Yeah, um, and that doesn't surprise me given some of your other interests and things that you shared over the year, Kathleen, because it's what you're describing is vibration. I mean, all music is vibration, but this is vibration at its core. You know, drums. I mean, I was a drummer as a kid. Um, I still have drums of all kinds uh, around the house. I have flutes, multiple native flutes, half a dozen. Um, you know, multiple hand drums, djembes, all kinds of stuff like that that I have. We even have drums in our antique booth, you know. Um, so... That makes sense to me. And she says, uh, some tarot are art decks, but not reading decks. Yeah, and that's maybe what I was thinking um, because there's some that just, like I have this one deck, I forget what it's called, but from a reading perspective, it's been very interesting to interact with this deck, but other ones it's like, oh, it's pretty, but energetically they feel different but they still look beautiful um and suzanne says i collect decks for the artwork yeah i'll tell you something else that i've started collecting lord help us because you know i'm being very cautious <laughs> in other words not going crazy with it but um playing cards you know we're talking about card decks um there are some artists out there these days that are doing some amazing things with uh, playing card decks where everything is hand produced. Uh, I bought a set of decks off of a Kickstarter and everything is printed with um, the old style, you know, hand printing style. Um, they're embossed, they're gold foil stamped, hand trimmed. I mean, they're just beautiful. And like in a digital age, it's really cool to see something being produced using technology from a hundred years or 200 years ago, but married together with some of the current materials and that kind of thing. Um, it's just really cool to me. I have probably only eight or 10 decks just because I've really um, exhibited a lot of restraint there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like I don't want to get more. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating because games is another one of those things that I see as an expression of, uh, of our youth. Um, but even as adults, you know, um, games is one of those things. Like, I don't know if any of you saw it, but, uh, we were watching, I think it was a week or so ago. There was a special on, um, uh, what's the show? Oh, it's terrible. We watch it all the time and the name just escaped me. But um, Josh Gates, if you know that guy, he has several different shows on um, Travel Channel. And he was invited by um, 
uh, several Egyptian officials who just recently discovered a set of tombs. And they were being opened for the first time. And so Josh was there with his camera crew and everyone. And uh, the uh, one tomb that they opened was a high priest tomb. And like a, uh, the leader of uh, singers, they like led the, you know, the people who sang the songs in the courts and all that kind of stuff in Egypt. So you're talking 2,500-year-old tombs that are being opened for the first time. And one of the things that they discovered whenever they went into the tomb were games, you know, which uh, Senate is uh, one of the more popular Egyptian games. I have a reproduction of a 1,500-year-old Senate game here in my office. It's fascinating, um, the art and everything with it. But uh, it's another one of those things that's just... Um, a lot of humanity has expressed itself through the games that they played. And of course, um, playing cards are certainly an outworking of that. Even tarot cards are an outworking of that in some respects. So really interesting stuff. Uh, Jess says, uh, I was basically, I basically was an art, a space nerd when Shepard went up, I was 11. And when men walked in the moon, I was 19. Uh, I was in Evansville, Indiana, met my stepfather, and my stepfather had to call me in because uh, Tommy Ivo Stragster was outside a room in a, a glass semi-trailer, and my cousin wired the camera that Neil Armstrong pulled open uh, coming down the steps. That's super cool. Yeah, that kind of stuff would totally nerd me out. I mean, you're a bit older than me. <laughs> By a year or two, but <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Mary says uh, more freeform doodling. I love coloring books, but never use them. Doodles are almost like channeling energy. I never thought about it put that way, but that's actually a really cool way of putting it. I like that. Um, William says our dog. Our adult life is influenced by our childhood experiences more than I think we realize. Our mind and brain retains and is influenced by more than we realize. In my work, employee health and well-being, uh, there is research linking adverse childhood experiences with our weight as adults. Uh, we are what our mind creates for sure. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. 100%. Yep. Uh, Leslie says, let me know when I'd love to visit with you. Um, I will, Leslie. Um, I'll talk to Chris. Well, Chris and I have already talked about going there, but it just like, honestly, until you mentioned it, it just didn't occur to me that this is the year to go <laughs> because of the 50th anniversary. I mean, we have a small space uh, section in our new antique booth that we just opened two weeks ago. And, um, so I have a lot of old space related tin toys in there, um, like robots and stuff. I have, um, an Estes Saturn V rocket in there. Um, we have, um, like I said, some of the patches and buttons and stuff from then that were, um, we bought shadow boxes to put in and we're going to put those in there. Um, and, um, I've downloaded some, I found a source that has 
high resolution, um, like blueprint illustrations of the lunar module and all of that. Um, took a lot of research to find those suckers, a couple of hours. Um, but I want to make up some prints and posters of some of those and put them in the booth along with some of the classic photos. Um, I'm going to have uh, gallery wraps produced to some of the classic photos from the moon landing and put those in our booth. So it's just good times. But yeah, I will definitely connect with you. <laughs> uh, I can relate to this. Mary says, I have trouble drawing within someone else's lines or suggestions. You know, that's a really loaded statement. There's so much truth in that. You could, We could probably spend an entire uh, Nerd Unscripted just talking about that one sentence right there. <laughs> I have not seen this. Kathleen says, have you ever watched a YouTube channel called Rocket City Rednecks, a couple of NASA scientists, the machinists, and a few other brilliant rednecks inventing telescopes, armored vehicles, and rockets, and on and on. Hilarious and brilliant. I'm going to look that up. That sounds like my kind of gig. Rocket. I'm going to write it down here. Rocket City Rednecks. I subscribe to a, a very eclectic group of YouTube channels right now as it is, but that sounds like a good addition. Uh, Lori asks, are you sponsoring any First Friday events in Chambersburg this year? Uh, several, actually, yes. Um, the first, the first First Friday, I believe, is May. And I know that that particular weekend is going to be a big weekend here in Chambersburg. There's a lot going on. We're doing a a geek pride festival um ourselves uh there is a um the local theater capital theater is doing their um blues and brews um uh, festival and then there's a bunch of first friday events but we're pretty actively involved in first friday um kristen handles a lot more of that than i do like my knowledge of what happens on first Fridays is based upon what she tells me <laughs> rather than my own active participation. Kathleen says, uh, and then there are all sorts of Oracle decks that don't have to conform to a structure like tarot. Some of them are so gorgeous. Uh, and Edward uh, Gory Oracle deck out now. I'll have to check that one out. Y'all are going to cost me money. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the kind of person who like buys now and asks questions later. Which is probably why we have so much stuff. Good Lord. Oh, cool. Ann says, I watched that show twice, live and a repeat. I love watching all those kind of shows on History, Discovery, PBS, and National Geographic channels. Yeah, we do too. Yep. 
Um, other than the voice and a couple like, you know, there, there are some dramas and stuff that we enjoy watching. Um, and some of the comedy shows like Game of Thrones, of course, and, um, Westworld and stuff like that, that we watch, but our default is always the history type stuff. So, you know, the, um, those shows, alien shows, you know, like, uh, ancient aliens, uh, mysteries at the museum, you know, we like that all the treasure hunting shows we're watching, you know, so curse of Oak Island and civil war gold and, um, treasure quest, uh, all of those we watch. Um, and then the business shows, of course, you know, like shark tank and, um, uh, the profit and, um, billion dollar buyer, you know, those, and what else do we watch? A lot of, uh, American pickers. That's probably like our ultimate default show. Like if nothing else is on, <laughs> we will watch American pickers. Uh, usually when we're traveling, we always watch that. Uh, matter of fact, we contacted them not long ago, um, said, Hey, you know, if you guys find yourself in Pennsylvania, you should stop by and check out our storage units. Um, and they're like, well, we're not in that area right now, but if, uh, when we are, we'll contact you, which is kind of cool. Uh, William says, why not games? Who wants to be bored on the journey to the next life or while we're living the next life since we don't know what it will entail? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tim says, you'll geek out on this, Tony. Gus Grissom grew up 30 miles from me. His Molly Brown Gemini capsule was on display at State Park in his hometown. When I was a kid, they actually let us sit in the spacecraft. That is super cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm, um, uh, Anne mentioned Oak Island. I'm currently reading the book that just came out about it, like the research history, and it's so well written. I I just, I love it. I mean, it's it's really well done. It's hardcore historical research and connecting the dots and everything, and it was produced independently of the show. But, um, of course, the author's been on the show multiple times and has talked with a lot of the historians related to the show and everything. I mean, yes, it's a TV show, but it's a legit treasure quest of sorts. Um, and just the research that he put into this book is inspiring. I mean, it's just fascinating stuff. I love reading it. All right, folks. Well, it's 1111. Seems like a good number to end on. So, um, at least where I am. And, uh, anyway, I've really enjoyed today's discussion. Thank you all for contributing and for sharing, um, your own expressions. And, uh, 
one thing that I would share, I don't know, like uh, the artists of you that are out there that are doing paintings. I don't know if any of you, uh, you know, are selling paintings online or anything like that. Uh, like if you have an Etsy store or Fine Art America or one of those places. But if you do, send me a link. You know, I have uh, several uh, works of art <clears throat> hanging on my walls here in my office from customers. Because um, I, I love art um, for the exact reason we were talking about today. You know, it's an expression of who we are. You know, I have some things from Mary. Um uh, which are just wonderful. Some of her weavings are incredible. Like I had no idea some of the stuff you did. I, I looked you up, Mary. I saw what you what you do with your art. It's amazing. It's mind boggling. And so, um, so yeah, please share links like that. Chris and I buy a lot of art, um, and we make a lot of art. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. But anyway, thanks uh, very much. I love the interaction. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we will be here again next week. Um, I'm probably, I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago that we're going to take a break for the spring and summer. And we are going to do that. I think uh, what my current plan is, is to finish out April, which that, um, that would make April 30th, I guess, the last show for the spring and then uh, we'll start up in September again and I'll probably keep this current go to webinar link active just redo the uh, you know the the timing uh, the date set up uh, so that's what I'm leaning toward right now is having our last spring episode of this that'll be like 50 or 51 somewhere around there uh, on April 30th, and then we'll start up, I think it's September 3rd, and then just take the summer off. So that's what I'm thinking right now, subject to change. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you all very much, and enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you next Tuesday.